Okay, uh, we stopped last at uh, verse 11. Uh, we, we stopped at verse 12. Uh, chapter 16. I have 10. You 10? Yeah, we stopped at verse 11. So we're going to pick up at verse 12. You have 11, right? Yeah, verse 11. Huh? How do you get 10? <laughs> okay, let's start at verse 11 then. Okay, what does verse 11 say? The Lord demands accurate scales and Okay, yeah, I think that's where we did stop at verse 10. I remember. God determines on a scales and weights by maintaining what we might call a bureau of standards. You didn't know God had that, eh? God has a bureau of standards, and that's what this verse is telling us. He determines honesty in business and how people operate and and, um, and he approves and blesses anyone who deals in accordance with his standards and so if you're in business and you're honest in your business you got God's blessing you got God's blessing because you are complying with God's standards now we got a lot of agencies I was talking with a fellow yesterday that I knew um, and he works for the Ministry of uh, Finance and so uh, we were chatting and I was asking him uh, uh, whether they had a, I know the last time I saw him he was in business license and he was making sure that everybody paid the business license and I, I saw him one time on Arawak Key shutting people down because they didn't have business license up to date alright so I saw him and I asked him well where do you have me now he said boy they got me in VAT where all the problems is <laughs> so he said I, I, I'm in, in uh, um, com compliance or something like that and, uh, and so I said, boy, you need a bodyguard. Well, he was telling me that uh, they're working on this, 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 uh, this uh, central revenue agency. And we've all heard that, right? And then he says that what is going to be different about it is that uh, they're going to be tracking everybody. And when they put your name into the system, whatever taxes you owe for any government agency is going to pop up. So it's not like you can... You can, you can pay this tax and don't pay that one and rob Peter to pay Paul. That's not going to work. He says they're going to, they set up the system where when they put your name in, every government agency that you owe taxes to is going to pop up. And so a lot of people are not going to be able to get away with what they're getting away with now. Well, God got a similar standard, uh, bureau standard, and God rewards those who deal in compliance with his standards is what uh, the writer of Proverbs is saying here. So there's a blessing in being honest in your business. Okay, if you know, if like the fellow who went in the grocery, the woman who went to the grocery store to buy a chicken, and the fellow was crooked, the butcher was crooked. Uh, she asked him for a chicken, and he pulled out a chicken and put it on the scale, and he said, um, the woman said, he told how much it weighed. And the woman says, oh, I need something a little bigger than that because I need this for bacon. So he put it back in. He knew it was only one chicken in the, in the thing. And he moved his hand around. He pulled out the same chicken and he told her that one weighed a little bit more. And the woman says, okay, I'll take both of them. Yeah. Well, you know, he had a problem, right? He had a problem. Okay, well, that's what happens when you operate at a crooked business. All right, God blesses those who operate honestly in business. Next verse, verse 12. Okay, yes. 
Now, this is something that we need to really not only think about, but we need to pray about. Uh, because the king here represents those in leadership, those in government. In our time, it's the government. It would read, the government detests uh, wrongdoing. And it should be. Okay, but, uh, you know, that's not always the case. Because you got a lot of people in government who are uh, doing things under the table. And if you don't grease their palm, you won't get things done. Okay? Um, while it is actually an abomination for anyone to commit wickedness, this holds especially true for kings or those in government authority because they have greater responsibility as being representatives of, of God in their position. Okay, now people in government don't even think like that. They don't think that in their role in government they're representing God. But that's actually the case because God put them where they are. They're there because God placed them there. And so a king's throne is established on the foundation of doing what is right. That's the foundation. And remember the Bible tells us righteousness exalts a nation. But what sin is what? A reproach. But it also should be noted that this verse can also mean that it's an abomination to the king to the kings for their subjects to commit wickedness. Okay, for those who govern, those who are under governments to do wickedness is also an abomination to the Lord. It is by righteousness that lawful, orderly government must be sustained. Because wherever moral standards are abandoned are abandoned are thrown out of the window, lawlessness will prevail. Okay? Criminals take advantage of loopholes in the law. They, lawyers, they, the lawyers uh, know what those loopholes are, and uh, they will get those loopholes, go to those loopholes, especially in the United States. Um, they, they thrive on that. Uh, but criminals will find loopholes. Hmm? You know, some lawyers who love loopholes, and we know who they are. I don't even hear them. Yeah, she ain't none of them. <laughs> she ain't that category. You know who they are. Yeah. Uh, those who have been disbarred of, of a reputation. Uh, verse 13. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him who speaks that what is right. Okay, good kings or those who are in government positions and authority uh, want and appreciate people who are trustworthy. Isn't that so? People who are frank and they are sincere rather than those who flatter and speak hypocritically. You know, no government wants people who are hypocritical. They want people who are upright, they're frank, they're sincere, they're trustworthy, you can trust them. Uh, that's the kind of people that kings want, that's the kind of people that governments want. And um, we've seen it, we see this during, during election time, uh, when uh, the politicians go around campaigning and the person says, oh yeah, I'll vote for you. And then when election comes and they go in that booth, it's a different story. You know, and then the politicians realize, boy, you know, these people, these people are the most lionist people I know. We, we went on a, a, a mission trip one time in um, Alabama. And we were going house to house, door to door, witnessing the people. And of course, we, when we witnessed to them, we were inviting them to come out to the to meeting, to, to the meeting that evening. And uh, and so, when the evening came, 
You know, a lot of people were looking for the people that they invited. Nobody showed up. You know? And so I remember one of the persons in our group saying, Boy, these are the most lionest people I ever see in my life. You know? Because the people promised, oh yeah, I'm coming. Remember? To get rid of you, right. And this woman was living right across the street from the church where the meeting was. And, uh, and they asked if she was going to come. She said, oh, I don't think I could feel good to come. <laughs> you right across the street. <laughs> she could practically hear what's going on in the place. You know, but uh, there are people like that. Verse 14. The wrath of a king is as Okay, a quick sentence of death is in store for anyone who angers the king. A wise person will seek to calm a ruler instead of needlessly provoking them. And so it's good advice to be in good standing with those in authority because you never know uh, when you're going to be on the wrong side and you're going to need them. Verse 15. Then the king smiles, there's life. His family refreshes like a spring ring. Okay, so happiness on the face spreads gladness toward the kingdom. When the king is joyful, his favor is as refreshing as a spring rain. Again, he's talking about favor, maintaining uh, good standing with those in authority. That's what these verses are, uh, are talking about. Uh, we often hear stories about police being uh, disrespectful and rude and all that stuff. Uh, but if we are rude and we are disrespectful, then what do you expect from them? And so we, one of the things that we have here with regards to these few verses that we've looked at is maintaining respect and uh, being in good standing with those in authority uh, because you don't want to aggravate them. I mean, they have enough stress as it is, you know, dealing with unruly criminals, repeat offenders. Can you imagine how frustrating it must be for a police officer to arrest somebody, go through all the procedures, log them up, go before the courts, and then they get another call the next day, and they go to, they respond to the call and come to find it's the same person that they just log up. That could be very, very frustrating. You know, uh, so we need to pray uh, that we would indeed remain in good standing. Uh, with those in authority, and then sometimes these police are sharp. You know, I told you a story about the police that responded when my alarm went off at my house, and, I, and he was telling me how quick he got there, and he said, yeah, boy, I got here quick too, because I came all the way from Sandy Port. And he said, so you were speeding? I said, whoa, that was quick, that was sharp. They're very quick. I remember, got to remember what to say next time. Or what not to say. Okay, verse 17. 16. Oh, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding, is to be chosen rather than sin. Okay, so this is where we are right now. Earthly wealth should never be compared to wisdom and knowledge because wealth often disappears overnight while divine wisdom lasts throughout eternity and this is the position that we're in now getting wisdom 
That's what it means to live a Proverbs-driven life, to use the wisdom of God's Word to order our lives. Every single thing that we do in our daily goings and comings should be governed by the wisdom of God's Word. Only when we operate by wisdom will we have success. And um, wealth is no match for wisdom. Wealth is temporary. It's only for this life. You can only use the wealth in the here and now. You can't use it when you leave here. Okay, you've got many people who had much wealth. And they've gone on, they didn't take any of it with them. The only thing they take with them is the wisdom that they have accumulated on this earth. That's all that's going to matter in the afterlife. That's all that you're going to have to dwell on. You're not going to have the wealth. And so wisdom is important not only for this life, but for the life to come, for eternity, throughout eternity. Verse 17. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Do God so he's talking about a highway that we should all strive to remain on. Don't take the shortcuts. The highway of holiness is the path that the righteous follow without turning off on those tangents. You know, sometimes we are attracted by shortcuts. You know, you're driving on the road and the traffic seems to be going slow and everybody taking the shortcut. And so you figure, well, everybody going that way, I go that way too. All right, and you go that way and you find yourself in trouble. Uh, it's not as quick as you thought it would be. Or you get a flat tire because it's a, it's a dirt road, it's a track road, it's a bad road. And everybody taking that same, taking that same, that same path. You know, I was driving down on Gladstone Road the other day and, and the traffic was slow and moving slow. And all of a sudden these cars started pulling off and going through this dirt road on the side of uh, Bahamas Waste. And I said, boy, I didn't even know that was a road. I wonder where that, where that led to. Apparently somebody found out it was a shortcut and we could get them where they wanted to go quicker, so they took that route. So whoever stays on this highway preserves his life from damage and misfortune. So this highway of righteousness, of holiness is important. And we must uh, strive to stay on that. Verse 18. Now we hear this one a lot, right? We're quite familiar with this one. A tall tree attracts lightning. Just as a tall tree attracts lightning, so God puts down anyone who is conceited. As it only takes a small pin to burst a, a large balloon, so it is with stuck-up people. They usually suffer the same kind of humiliating experience designed to inflate their ego. And this is the kind of person he's talking about here, a person who is built up with pride. And we have a good example in the scriptures, and who is that? Who's a good example of pride we have in the scriptures? Huh? The devil, right? Lucifer. Lucifer. Uh, well, Nebuchadnezzar is, is, is a good example too. Um, uh, someone used, used Nebuchadnezzar as an example for um, weed, grass, marijuana. Uh, they said that um, Nebuchadnezzar was on grass for seven years. <laughs> uh, remember that experience? Yeah. When he took the credit and God put him out in the field 
And he was eating grass for seven years. Well, someone took, took it to demand that he was on grass for seven years. He was on dope for seven years. But here's an application we need to take into consideration with regards to this verse. Taking little account of their wickedness and not anticipating stumbling blocks is what pride people are accustomed in doing. They don't take any account of their weaknesses and, uh, and the stumbling blocks that they run into. They consider themselves as being above the frailties of common people. Such a state of mind easily trips them up. The irony is that pride people hardly ever realize that their problem is pride. They'll be the last person to figure out that their problem is pride. Even though everyone around them is aware that the problem they have is pride, they, they can't figure it out. Test your level of pride. Ask someone you trust whether self-satisfaction has blinded you to the warning signs of pride. It'll help us avoid the pitfalls of pride. And remember, pride is on that list of things that God hates. Remember that list? Seven things that God hates and pride is on that list. So we don't want to be on God's list. Verse 19. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Okay. Again, pride is the issue here, being humble. It's better to have a humble spirit and be a companion of the lowly than to share the apparent advantages of the proud. Uh, there's a Someone said recently, some time ago, here's a quote, and I don't know who the person is who said it, because the author is unknown. It says, Wouldst thou be chief, then lowly serve? Wouldst thou go up, go down, but go as low as ere you will? The highest has been lower still. Take the good advice and be humble. Verse 20. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, right? And we've experienced that ourselves. A truly wise person would listen to instruction. Listen to the good advice. And then whoever trusts in the Lord will always be joyful because they listen to what Will God ever lead us wrong? Will He ever give us advice that turns out not to be good? We always get good advice. And so those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will experience the joy of the Lord. And then verse 21 for the last, because our time is gone. Verse 21. Okay, so this here is why it's so important to exhibit wisdom. To take wisdom, to digest it, to discern it, digest it, and use it and apply it in our lives. A truly wise person will be recognized for discernment and insight. Whenever someone has a problem, they're going to go to the person who is wise, who is discerning, who knows 
They, they, who they know they're going to get good advice from. Who know they will, will never lead them astray. Their pleasant manner of communication will cause others to be more willing to listen to them and learn from them. Okay, so you see how important wisdom is? That's how important it is to live a Proverbs-driven life. Common sense living. That's what people are looking for. If you exhibit it, people are going to flock around you to get it. And you're going to be a blessing to other people. You see that term... Uh, make you a blessing, be a blessing, and make you a blessing can be a reality for each of every, every one of us. Simply by exercising wisdom, we will draw others to us who need wisdom. And they know you got it, they come in for it. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you and praise you today once again for reminding us of how important wisdom is to you and how beneficial it is for us to be able to honor you and to be joyful in our own experience because the wisdom that we use and impart to others will be a blessing to them and make their lives even more better. Thank you, Lord, for that. We now ask, O oh Father, that you would bless us as we leave here, as we go into the service to follow. We pray, Father, that you would enable us to continue to be attentive to what you're saying to us in order that you might get glory. For we know that your word never returns to you void. This we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen.